0: You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host, and producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serda. Plenty to get you caught up on this week after the Kansas City Chiefs officially announced their 2023 regular season schedule on Thursday evening. Well, after several leaks and announcements, we got the entire full schedule. So I'll start things off with the Great British Chiefs show. Brad and Tom make their much-anticipated return. They spent some time catching up on the Chiefs offseason, talking about the draft class and some of the moves that they've made roster-wise. After that, we'll get into the Arrowhead Pride editor's show. They did a deep dive on the scheduled preview ahead of Thursday's announcement. After that, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll catch up with Chiefs coast-to-coast. Mark and Aaron also made their much-anticipated return to the Arrowhead Pride podcast network and they discussed some of the Chiefs' moves in the wide receiver room, Patrick Mahomes' possible looming contract extension, and Chris Jones wants the Chiefs to re-sign defensive end Frank Clark. After that, we had an emergency live stream on Thursday night once we got the Chiefs' official full 17-game schedule, caught up with several members of the Arrowhead Pride team, so we'll wrap things up with that. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week.
2: One thing we've got to talk about is, well, we're going to get into the Germany chat in a minute, um, but what I, one thing I do want to talk about briefly is um, we have to talk about the draft in a little bit, don't we, Tom? We've had the other shows briefly about, um, about all the draft content we've had from Arrowhead Pride has been fantastic. By the way, the guys that were are actually at the uh, the draft party and everything on day one, all the way through the weekend and stuff. You know the the, the work they've been putting in. Shout mm-hmm. out to everybody at Arrowhead Pride that have been doing that because yeah, the, the, obviously the content has been phenomenal and it's great that they had this opportunity to really showcase what Kansas City. Yeah. is like i mean the stage was the, probably the biggest stage they've ever made right yeah, yeah. outside union station um the crowds that were there they were backed right up the hill weren't they yeah. up to the monument and it's just it was phenomenal to see um just even just watching on the tv screens it must have been amazing being there
3: yeah yeah quick shout out to rkj and his team they absolutely yeah. smashed it they, did. they really did um i think i think they got like Seven or was it six of the seven player write-ups or something? They they done really yeah, well. I think they they really got well. they missed one of them. I think they missed your Morris when they but they got the, pretty much the rest of them. So yeah, no, well done, well done to them. Fair for play. I I couldn't do it. <laughs> I generally couldn't sit there and grind through that much tape and write write up some players or, or really I'm not talented enough. But um, Or knowledgeable enough. but
2: And not drinking yourself into oblivion while you were there. (laughs) Enjoying
3: yourself. (laughs) Exactly. No, but fair play, fair play. Um, I actually didn't catch the draft. Um, Shock. Um, I didn't. I saw bits and bobs, but I was in the States myself on a business trip.
0: Business Um, quotation marks.
3: I I, I was in Florida for a couple of weeks, and um, I caught bits and bobs when I could, Hmm. but I didn't want to be that guy, you know, when you go out with, like, people who aren't into the sport and you're like, oh, do you mind if we go in can, so I can just watch the draft and then I just go and ignore them and just sit in the corner <laughs> watching the draft because I've done that before We one of the Super Bowls years yeah. and years ago. But, um, yeah, so I didn't want to be that guy but I caught bits and bobs. Like, I was I was lucky enough next to a TV when my homes and Kelsey walked out and it's yeah. funny, it's funny because my boss who knows nothing about American football and he went, <laughs> he looked, he saw my walking out and he, my boss turned around and went, He's arrogant, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I just laughed, and he's like, "Why are you laughing?" And then I just listed off like my Holmes's accomplishments in his first five years, and then I went, "Would you be arrogant if that was you?" And my boss was like, "Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> yes, I would." <laughs> uh, did that did make me laugh? That I I tell you what, the Chiefs had their nuts out swinging, didn't they? That weekend on the bits, I saw any excuse to show off. They took yeah. it, and absolutely, they should. They're defending Super Bowl champs hosting the NFL draft, like you're finally getting to show KC off to a grand stage. They're never going to host a Super Bowl in Kansas City, so the draft is the next best thing. Yeah. And the fact they're doing it as defending Super Bowl champions, it was just wonderful for them to do that. For, for Mahomes and Kelsey to walk out of the Super Bowl trophy. And then for Kelsey just to get on the mic and just do his gimmick again, it was just honest, you you have to admire it. Even like even the bit because I did see see the the pick as well live the the Felix pick. Hmm. Even the fact that they had two trophies on the stage next to the mic on the stand, and all of a sudden they just bring out. Clark come with the third Super Bowl. We're yeah. like again, like, look at this, look at this, you will never get this, you will never get this. Like, it's just like on <laughs> I, I loved it. And yeah. uh yeah, I just thought for them to then go and dr- draft a homegrown kid as well, that that's kind of topped it a little bit. But for what I did see at the draft, Kansas City showed out big time and oh, um yeah. they should they should be immensely proud of what they accomplished over that weekend, and obviously the team that put it all together—what they've obviously been planning for like two or three years now—they they they put on a hell of a show.
2: Made you proud to be a Chiefs fan, didn't it? it? I mean, these these are we we mention it all the time. It's a golden era of Chiefs football right now. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, you know, you know, and and quite rightly, Clark Hunt is mm-hmm. is reveling in it, and obviously Mahomes mm-hmm. and Kelsey are, and and like you said, to see that and to rub the faces into. Uh, the fact that the Chiefs are current Super Bowl champions and everything yeah. it's just yeah I, I was very much grinning for me when I saw that and it's funny cuz you saw a lot of the other fan bases on social media, didn't you? Just like, oh, this, is, this is absolutely unacceptable behavior. Draft. <laughs> and uh yeah, it was it was funny. It was just just hilarious to watch. Just it's it, the whole celebration of football, but also the celebration of the fact that this city yeah. has got its chance. It's there. It's in the limelight. I mean, there's so many things. All roads are leading into Kansas City right now. Yeah. We still need an NBA team. Still needs an NBA team. I'll just, I'll just put ice that out hockey okay. first. After going to
3: an, after going to an ice hockey game in Tampa, I went to the, the the game where the Leafs clinched the series against the Lightning. Yeah, and it's the first time I've been to ice hockey games here. I've never been to an NHL game before. I went to an NHL game. Happened to be a playoff game. Happened to be Game Six. Hats was an elimination game for Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, and honestly one of the most fun nights I've ever had at any sport ever. Honestly, it was phenomenal. The atmosphere was electric and like there were so many Maple Leafs fans there as well. And obviously they clinched the series. The game was pretty pretty good as well. And after going to being able to witness that, I actually said to to the guy that I was with, I said, I really hope Kansas City get an NHL team. Because the basketball they've got it anyway, because they've got the Jayhawks on the road. They've got they've got they've got got Missoula as well. But if they can get and they obviously they get the tournament every year at the Sprint Center as well. So they don't really—is it T-Mobile Center now? Apologies, don't sue me. Um, but <laughs> if they could get, if they could get an NHL team. That would be ideal, perfect. Yeah. Kansas City needs an NHL team, not an NBA team. Well, they need both. Let's just say that.
2: Yeah, I, would just say that. <laughs> I would never You'd leave. I would never, never leave. <laughs> so you're not <laughs> yeah. a Maple Leaf fan then. No, no, no.
3: no. I'm, I'm a Rangers fan, actually. Oh yeah. All yeah. yeah. oh, right. Yeah,
2: okay. And you're not like me, just saving yourself just in case there is an NBA team or an, an NHL team out there that's coming in. Into no, KC, no, no. I'm no. saving myself for an NBA team. I really am.
3: Are you? Yeah. No I'm a, Mav, I'm a Mavs fan. So.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, Mavs. Yeah. yeah
3: Dantavitsky, you're best European player ever. So.
2: So you would never change if KC had a an NBA team. No, 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 no.
3: Rangers, Rangers in the ice hockey. Mavericks in um, basketball, Chiefs obviously football, yeah. Jay Hooks of college football teams,
2: Royals, Boggs Royals baseball, team. and I don't really have a baseball team because so <laughs> do I do you know. not. <laughs> I don't <really> like it. <laughs> All right, um, yeah, we touched on the draft. Um, we, you're not going to get any insight from us about any of the players and anything or anything like that because um, I mean, our our kind of watching the tape is as soon as we drafted the players, I was like, All right, straight to YouTube, <laughs> so yeah. look what they're like. What are they like? Yeah. Let's have a look at them. Um, what did
3: everyone else say? Let's regurgitate their opinions and pretend that they're our own. Like Because <laughs> like, like, there's a lot of that as well. There is a lot of that during, during this time oh. of year where people, like, I'm not naming anyone, but there are a lot of people that ha- don't really come up with their own opinion, shall we say? Yeah. And, and, and uh, just regurgitate someone else's. And um, yeah, we're not going to do that because it'd be a waste of your time and a waste of our time. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> already
2: been said on the previous shores. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the
3: other AP um, out there. <laughs> but I, what I will say is that uh, let's talk about the off season planning in, in general, mm. because I think we'd be doing the show, our head pride of disservice, the listener of disservice. We didn't give our opinion on how the off season has gone because obviously free agency was quiet. It wasn't Very quiet. There wasn't like a big splash. Well, I suppose there was in Joanne Taylor, but, um, Things went the way that I expected in certain positions and the way I didn't expect in other positions. But let's let's talk about probably the biggest move of the offseason. And that was lo- losing Orlando Brown Jr. Mm. And self-pat on the back, Tom. <laughs> because last offseason, I was very much on the do not pay Orlando Brown Jr. train. Oh, yeah. And I have been for a very, very long time. And it was wonderful to be proven right, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Because he didn't get the deal he wanted. And I, have, I do find interesting what the Chiefs have done at the tackle position since. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, they signed Juwan Taylor to play left tackle originally, but now it looks like he's going to stay at right tackle. And is it Devonta Smith? Not Devonta Smith. Devonta, the guy that was at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the left tackle. I've forgotten his name. Forgive me.
2: Oh, God. Really bad. We literally signed
3: him last week. No, I I can't remember. I'll I'll let you dig that one up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. So it looks like uh, Jawan Taylor was going to stay a right tackle, which I'm actually okay with. And like some people have been like annoyed if Jawan Taylor doesn't play left tackle, but I'm of the opinion where it's absolutely fine to pay a lot of money to a right tackle. Like I get the whole blindside Mm -hmm. thing. I get left tackle is one of the premium positions in the NFL, but the Chiefs had the best right tackle in football for about four or five years in Mitchell Schwartz and it made such a difference to the offensive line.
2: Donovan Excuse- Smith.
3: Do- Donovan Smith, sorry, not Devonta. Devonta <laughs> Smith is the uh, receiver. Donovan <laughs> yeah. Smith, yeah. Um, yeah, and just having having that right tackle shored up, even if it's, you're you're probably overpaying him. Who the hell cares if uh-huh. you're overpaying him because you have now in a position, if J.J. Right, Jawan Taylor stays at right tackle, he's a very, very, very good right tackle. We're in a position, again, left guard, Sorted, centre, sorted, right right guard, sorted, right tackle, sorted. If mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a drop-off at the tackle position, left tackle position, you can take that. Like yeah. It's not ideal, but you can take it. And it's not like Orlando Brown was some well-beaten left tackle. He absolutely wasn't. He had his flaws. Like Donovan Smith is going to have his flaws. Like any young guy would have his flaws. But if you've got four quality starters at the other positions, mm-hmm. you can make up for that. So I'm all for Jawan Taylor staying at right tackle for a season or two, if if needs be, because yeah. we've had premier right tackles before in Mitchell Schwartz, and having those guys makes such a difference. And when you've got an offensive line like the Chiefs have, four out of five positions, which are top five in the NFL, oh. you're going to be fine, especially mm-hmm. with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes.
2: Yeah, and they've just backed it up with uh, year Morris as well, haven't they? Exactly, uh, yeah. The drafted, uh, offensive I think tackle- the tackle...
3: I think the tackle positions, we're not talking about training camp battles now, but that tackle position in this off-season is going to be such an interesting watch because there's a lot of bodies all of a sudden. All of a sudden, it's a really crowded room. And um, it's going to be interesting to watch how that plays out in in training camp and obviously in preseason as well.
4: Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon, we are... Uh, 24 hours or so away from the NFL schedule melee. And we will be getting rumors and rounding them up at ArrowheadPride.com starting in the morning tomorrow, trying to fill out that schedule until we get the official release at 7 o'clock. Talked with our 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 good pal, the Arrowhead Pride podcast producer, Steve Serta. We will be doing some podcast content tomorrow surrounding the schedule release, trying to predict what the record will be of 20. 23, probably be really wrong about certain games. Maybe we'll be right about <laughs> a few of them, Jen. Uh, we already know two of the 17. We talked about that in segment one. The Chiefs will go overseas for their week nine game. They'll play the Miami Dolphins. Uh, if you don't make the way to Germany and have two of those big old pints in your hands as you watch the Chiefs, you'll be getting up at 8 30 a.m. here to watch the game, which will be a nice, I think, little start to your Sunday as the Chiefs play. Tyree killing the Dolphins. And then week 17 will be the AFC title game rematch, the Kansas city chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. And that will start your new year's Eve. So already some things to look forward to get the rest of the games tomorrow. Uh, there are some new rules, John, and I'm going to read them here and, and let you react to them. But the NFL will have a black Friday game for the first time ever. That was announced this morning. That is just, yes, it was mm-hmm. and dolphins. Uh, so the chiefs are black Friday free um, games. Don't necessarily belong to networks anymore all games are free agents and teams can be on Thursday night football twice. And this is an interesting one. Um, and, uh, and kudos to some of those fan bases who are itching for a primetime game, but not every team is guaranteed a primetime spot anymore. So you may see some of the same teams even more. I mean, I know that's been a complaint before when every team got a primetime game. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine it's going to yeah. be a worse complaint now.
5: Yeah, I expect so. Because uh, the ultimate result of that is that that well, I I don't know. It 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 depends on how it plays out. You know, one of the things that could happen with the schedule is the Chiefs could have two Thursday games in a row yeah. to begin the season. Um, and um, so, you know, we'll see how people react to that.
4: Yeah, I. I think the network thing is interesting. I I think what the, the league has done is tried to make this whole thing more flexible. We've talked about the flexing Thursday night football and Monday night football and flexing all these primetime games. The chiefs are allowed five primetime games, but they can be given up to seven before the end of the year based upon the flexing. I don't think this is too bold of a prediction. I think when we arrive at the thing tomorrow, Um, The Chiefs will have five primetime games. Uh, It just seems to make too much sense considering they're the Super Bowl champions. And you got Patrick Mahomes, which is the biggest ratings draw in football, according to all the numbers uh, and whatnot. And then we'll just see if they get flexed uh, in or out. Remember last year, who who could have predicted that Mahomes Wilson, I'm talking before the year started, would get flexed. Mm -hmm out. <laughs> How bad do you have to be to be flexed out with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. The Broncos were able to accomplish that. I I think the Chiefs get five primetime games. Do you agree, John, in the pre-scheduling?
5: Oh yeah, I think they'll I think they'll get the the maximum allotment prior to um you know the the two extra ones that they can be flexed into over the course of the season. The thing I'm going to be interested in watching this year is going to be very similar to the Russell Wilson situation and that's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh with the Jets. Because that's a situation that could turn the Jets into a contender Mm -hmm. or it could be a situation where the Jets uh, founder and, you know, it's it could end up being much like the situation with the Broncos. So do the Chiefs play the Jets in primetime early in the season and it stays there or is it a late season game where they play the Jets? and it ends up being flexed out. I mean, you know, there's it could end up being a very similar situation uh in New York because I wouldn't be I couldn't begin to predict uh the effect that Aaron Rodgers will have on that team and and the and, and how he will play when he's with the Jets compared to the Packers. He,
4: I I'm going to I have two very different opinions on this. Like in this individual situation, I think Aaron Rodgers makes the Jets a much scarier team because their defense was Mm -hmm. there and they did add Mm -hmm. weapons and they have the running back coming off the injury, Brees Hall, who I like. And I now, now that being said, whereas like I personally believe in this situation, the jets will, will be morphed into contenders that every time we're talking about, Oh, that team is a Super Bowl team. Now that they've made this move in may, man, it never happens. (laughs) It never happens. It never yeah. translates, so yeah. it makes me feel dumb when I when I'm buying into the mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers Jets. Now let's get to the opening night game. We can rule out John. We can rule out the Bengals and the Dolphins because um, we know when it, when those games are going to be played. So Banner Night, Kansas City, September seventh. We have the three division teams: Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Bills, Bears, Lions. Or the Eagles in a Super Bowl
5: rematch. Who
4: gets the opening night nod? Call your shot.
5: Yeah, they they don't often do a Super Bowl rematch, but and you know, I just can't bring myself to think they'll do it again. I think they'll hold that game until later in the year. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Jets, frankly, that they they go for that. No, no, uh, the Jets whoa. are the Jets are away. The Jets are away. OK, sorry. These are the choices. I Broncos, yeah.
4: Chargers, Raiders. OK,
5: Bills, sorry. Bills, Bears, Lions, Eagles. OK. In that case, I would go with the Bills, I think. I mm-hmm. think that the league would see that as a as a hot enough matchup to put uh, early in the season, one that's not so hot that they'll be sorry they they uh, didn't save it till later. Did I say that right?
4: Yeah, I think so. <sighs> Shoot. I don't think it's the Eagles. I, I think because I, I think you can run that game anytime during the year. Like, OK, here's what the opening night is going to draw fans across the league anyway. Sure.
5: Yeah.
4: Chiefs Eagles is a matchup that'll draw fans across the league no matter when you put it. Right. Right. Like, right. So I don't think you're, they're going to burn it on opening night. Uh, Donna Kelsey seems to think week two for Chiefs and Eagles. I think you came up with something interesting, John. I think the idea, okay, the Chiefs open on a Thursday, they play the next Thursday. What if it's Chiefs-Eagles next Thursday night?
5: That would be... That, that, would be that, well. would be, that could be interesting. Yeah, and, and uh, there'd been some talk about that, you know, if the Chiefs play the Eagles in week two on Sunday, that uh, Matt Derrick brought this up on Twitter, that the Beyonce concert is the next day. Right. So the Chiefs are not playing at Arrowhead on, on Sunday of week two. If they play at home, it's going to have to be on Thursday night. Now, of course, they could play on the road in Week Two right. and avoid the problem altogether. But mm-hmm. if they if they play at home in Week Two, it's going to have to be that Thursday night game because they won't be able to turn the stadium around quickly enough for Beyonce. All
4: uh, all hail Queen Beyonce, of course. Um, all right, I think. <sighs> oh God! All right, I'm going to make my pick here. I think it. I think it's going to be a division game. Hmm. and i think it will be i think it'll be the chargers i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna call my shot and say chiefs chargers to open the year herbert mahomes i wanted to pick the bears i hope i don't regret it because i'm I'm on record now but i i'm gonna go with the chargers we'll see they they amazon loved herbert mahomes last year i think sometimes you know these 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 execs do a lot of this group thinking and i think the nfl goes with herbert mahomes but i you can hear the regret in my voice i think i'm gonna be wrong
0: what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape this is scott galloway host of the prop g podcast and an entrepreneur myself
6: Fortunately, we have a pretty good roster here, the reigning world champions say. We're just bringing guys in who will fill out the roster, add depth, and compete for positions. I think that was kind of their approach to this draft. They got guys who can go in, play what they want, fit their mold, can play a couple of different positions. And Felix Enidike Uzama is one of those players. This is from Nick Schwert on Twitter. FAU is only 21 years old, at age 19, playing in the Big 12. He had 14 and a half tackles for loss and 11 sacks. Age matters in the draft. I think they got a, a, a guy who can fit in and come and play. Who said it was his lifelong dream to play for the Chiefs at number 31 overall.
7: Yeah, absolutely. And how about this? And I think this is fascinating as well. How about this is the third time in Brett Veach's career as the GM. He drafted a raw receiver in the second round. McCole Hardman, obviously last year, Sky Moore, and then now Rasheed Rice. I think McCole Hardman overall. I know there's been a lot of mixed opinions on his tenure here.
6: Oh, this is, ca- this is this is Cape coming right here. There's about to there's about to be some some Cape right here. you are a seventeen,
7: Cape? Overall, I think it was a success because he did make plays in key moments that helped the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, remember when they were down 24-0 against the Houston Texans? He had that big kick return that started the momentum. He's made a lot of big plays. Obviously, we know the gadget stuff that he does. So I don't think he lived up to the expectations of maybe a lot of Chiefs fans because obviously you had like a DK Metcalf out there, right, that, that went, right? And then yet other receivers around him that were drafted before that you think the Chiefs probably could have gotten that obviously lived up to star potential. But I think in his role, he was a star in his role for the Chiefs. So I can't really call that just a complete miss. It wasn't a home run. But I think it was a it was a double. It was a double. It was, it was
6: a C. If we're giving grades out, the McColl pick was like a C plus.
7: It, so that's a, a double. A double. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a single. Maybe a single. But Okay. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a strikeout though. It wasn't a about strike. this year's class, Mark Gunnels. Give us something on this year's but, class. But no, I was just. But I was making that point to say the jury's obviously still open on Sky He didn't have a lot of opportunities last year. I think that's going to change this season with the way the receiving room is looking right now. And then going to Rasheed Rice. I know there's this thing where. Rookies don't really play that big of a role in Andy Reid's system, so you probably shouldn't have too high expectations for Rasheed Rice. But if the receiver room stays the way it is right now, I think that may have to change because you only have one true veteran in the room, and that's NBS. So isn't it fair to say that we should expect a higher role for this rookie receiver if the receiver room stays the way it is right now?
6: We'll talk Chiefs wide receiver room later in Chiefs coast to coast. We're putting a bow on on the draft right now, and I'll put one more thing on Rasheed Rice because I do think this will be part of our conversation later. Just what he brings to the Chiefs offense in terms of a deep threat uh, and also a guy who can play some of those intermediates, but specific to his deep threat ability, this is from Mike Tenier, I believe I'm pronouncing this on Twitter. Rasheed Rice drew 13 pass interference penalties in 2022, was the highest figure in the nation. He was second in the nation on 37 targets of 20 plus air yards or more, and he caught 18 of them. Something certainly something that Casey has shown their ability and propensity to like to do in the offensive game. And it seems like Rasheed Rice has the skill set to be able to fit in there. One note quickly from Steven Serta This just came across on the Chiefs. On Monday, June 5th, President Biden will welcome us to the White House to celebrate our championship season and victory in Super Bowl 57. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to the White House.
7: Okay. And that's actually a big deal because they didn't get a chance to do it in 2020, obviously, because of COVID. So, you know, the players that are still on the team from then is not that many, actually. So they'll be able to experience that this year around.
6: Yeah, we'll be cool to see that and follow that and just see how this whole year will be different. I remember one of my first games covering the Chiefs was that weird ring night, banner night thing where there was only 16,000 fans in the stand. this time around, you get the full experience, you get the full victory lap, including the White House visit. How about two players that were not on that team or last year's team will play a crucial part? In this upcoming season for the Chiefs, it's the tackle position, which has been one of our hot topics on ArrowheadPride.com. Juwan Taylor, Donovan Smith look like they will protect Patrick Mahomes on the right and left side, respectively. Are they the answer right now, or what do you make of it? I mean, it's currently May 10th. The Chiefs will not play a meaningful football game for a very long time. But as it sits right now, Chiefs Kingdom on Twitter, which you're the king of, seems a little nervous about those two tackle positions. What do you think?
7: Yeah, so my stance right now is I like Jawan Taylor. I think he brings the athleticism that the Chiefs didn't have on the outside, but I was under the impression that he would be the left tackle. So when they got Donovan Smith – why does that
6: change your thought? Because I've seen that. I've seen that line of thing. Is it just the money? Is it just the dollar figures? Yeah, it's the money. Yeah. Okay.
7: Yeah, obviously we know left tackle is higher demand than right tackle. So if he plays right tackle at that money – He's one of the top five highest paid right tackles. And I just didn't envision that. And, you know, Donovan Smith, he's a veteran. He's obviously been around the block a while. But if you look at him the last couple of years, he's regressed. I mean, he, he's had injury issues as well. He's always one of the top guys in holding penalties. So something that's not really uh, I'm looking forward to, I would have loved him as a depth piece. Now, if you were to tell me he's your backup left tackle and he's backing up uh, Juwan Taylor, then you have at the right tackle position, the battle between Lucas Niang and rookie Wanye Morris, I'm all in at that point. I love it. But him as a starting right left tackle, I'm I'm, I'm yellow light lad on that one. I, wow. I'm, I'm a little little nervous. Look at uh, Gunnell
6: showing some paws.
7: I got to be a little nervous if he's my starting left tackle. I got to be honest with you. I I wanted Juwan Taylor to be that guy.
6: I I agree with you on uh, Taylor kind of fitting some of that athletic profile that they like from their offensive linemen. For the Chiefs in their tackle position this offseason, I feel like there was maybe 32 options on the board, right? Like a couple of those options included Orlando Brown. A couple of those options included Juwan Taylor. A couple of those options included Donovan Smith. I think some of those options included trading up for a guy in the first round. And we heard rumors about that for a while. We heard we heard I even saw Pete Sweeney tweeting out on draft night that they were looking for a partner and weren't getting the same type of feedback that they were used to getting. Maybe some of that cheese fatigue kind of seeping into how GMs do business and how GMs do trades. Anyway, all those through 32 options on what to do with the tackle. One of those options is. We bring Donovan Smith in on a team-friendly deal, and he starts or breaks camp as the starter. The deal is team-friendly, and we've gotten details. This is from Greg Allman, who does a great job covering the Bucks on Twitter. He tweeted earlier this week, Donovan Smith's one-year deal with the Chiefs was reported up to $9 million, but without incentives. It's just a $3 million deal with a base salary being $1.98 million. So really, even if he does end up being your backup, Mark, I think the Chiefs fans can swallow that knowing – we brought in another option to kind of compete, sharpen up the tools in the toolbox, uh, a guy who's got better in experience and that can add to that room, whether it's playing or just adding information. And the Chiefs kind of are good. It's going to be a look. Last year, it wasn't perfect. And they ended up winning the whole dang thing. So you know Mahomes is going to have to cover up some aspect of it not being perfect. And he knows that you kind of just go into the season saying, this is what we landed on. Here we go.
7: Yeah, and I think my confusion comes in the, the, with, with this part, the fact that they drafted Wanya Morris in the third round. And if you're making Donovan Smith your left tackle, you're eliminating the comp- competition at the right tackle position because it's going to be Taylor. There will be no competition there. I was under the impression when you drafted Morris, it will be open competition for him and Lucas Niang at the right tackle spot. But like I said, if Smith is your left tackle, there's no competition or right tackle at all.
6: I don't think that this is a done deal. I mean, it's obviously May 10th. It's early. We're looking at stuff on paper. I think the Donovan Smith move was a surprise to many of us. I would not be shocked if there would be another surprise move down the stretch. I think there still is competition uh, on both sides of the line. But as Andy Reid said, Smith and Taylor, your guys, as of right now. How about another hot topic? We're moving right through. 25 minutes here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode 45. I was going back and forth with my guy country over this one because he just shouted out and said, there's no need for the Chiefs to redo Mahomes' contract. And I said, there's no way you can believe this. Like, I know Chiefs fans in the deep depths of their heart want that contract to be what he plays on, but it's just not going to happen. He's outperformed that contract three years in, and it was a half a billion dollar contract then. Yes, he's incentivized by winning. Yes, I know he has endorsements out the ass and he's getting paid off the field. But the goal is to keep the franchise happy, Mark Gunnels. And I'm going to do that by any means necessary if I'm Clark Hunt in the front office.
7: Actually, I saw that back and forth on uh, my timeline earlier. I did see that. Uh, shout out the country and Kingdom Cast, by the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I guess here's what I'm trying to see where you're coming from. Are you saying... If Mahomes comes to the table, then do whatever. Are you saying just give it to him without him even wanting a raise or restructuring? Because there's no point in doing it if he's not asking for it. Like if he's happy with the how it's looking right now, and him and his agent are, I don't, I don't see the point of just going out your way to say, "Hey, here you go. Here's a raise in your your account today, buddy. You didn't ask for it. We're just gonna give it to you anyway." Like, I, I don't, I don't see what's the point of doing that.
6: Okay, so I'm gonna add let me add some pieces of context uh, off Twitter. We did our research before the show, and then I'll give my opinion. This is from Pro Football Talk, which kind of re-stirred the pot on this conversation as far as Mahomes deserving a new deal. Florio says, expect Mahomes before the season to begin to once begin once again begin. Oh my gosh, to once again be the highest paid player in league history. The details will be interesting, different interpretations. Uh, basically, they're going to simply tack on three more years and a penny more than $156 million on the back end of the current deal to make him among the highest paid. And CDOT, who's a good friend of the program, and I've had him on the show multiple times, said the Chiefs are still in constant communication with Mahomes. There's an understanding that they will come to an agreement at some point as a handshake deal. Look, I don't think Mahomes is barging in the facility this week and saying, I'm sick of y'all. Y'all haven't paid me. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I played on one. Look, I'm not saying that that's happening. But I think everybody understands what the elephant in the room is. Each and every time a new guy gets paid, Mahomes gets bumped further and further down that list. Whether you want to call it optics, whether you want to call it taking care of the franchise, whatever you want to call it. He's due for a raise, which is the lower third here. Chiefs Kingdom saw Patrick Mahomes, or excuse me, saw Tom Brady do it for years and said, oh, well, look what you can do with a lower raise. And they'll prop that up as an example. But that's not guaranteed, man. That's not guaranteed. And if you want to take care of this guy, you want everything to be happy and roses. And as we've talked about on this program before, you want him to to not use that 15 switch and say, all right, I want to do this or I want to do that. And you want to make sure everything's simpatico. Take care of it before it becomes a problem.
7: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, now that you're coming from that angle, then yeah, I agree. I do think there will be a point where they do come to the table and uh, restructure that contract to where it it meets, you know, close to where it should be. I don't think Mahomes is going to break the bank. I I still think at the end of the day he does understand that, you know, obviously the more salary that he takes on, the less talent is going to be around him. And And I truly do believe that he's one of those guys that is chasing championships And I do think he is chasing Tom Brady, but obviously there will be some type of restructure at some point that makes sense for both sides. So, yeah, I do agree with that. I don't think it's going to happen before the season. I think uh, that's a little uh, jump in the gun there. I I think they're going to wait to see what happens with Joe Burrow. Uh, that could happen this offseason. But you want to
6: do it before then, right?
7: Like, what? like, if you're the
6: Chiefs, you want to do it before Burrow gets paid and before these the, some of these other contracts get done because that secures you from well, having but, to up
7: the number. But does Mahomes and his team want to do it before?
6: <laughs> Let's hear what Clark Hunt had to say about this. He was asked about this draft week before the second round, and this is what he had to say about Mahomes' contract.
0: Well, I, I I don't know that there's really a way uh, to quantify it uh, financially. And uh, you know, no matter you know, what he makes over his career, I'm, I'm sure one way or another he'll be underpaid. Uh, the great thing about Patrick is uh, when we did that deal, he recognized that he wanted to give the club the flexibility to build the team around him. And that contract was structured in that way. Uh, we're only one year uh, into a 10-year contract, so, so there's a long ways to go. But I think what Patrick cared most about uh, was winning. Um, and uh, he certainly has been able to do a lot of that. Uh, Brett Veach has had enough flexibility uh, to be able to add uh, quality players each year, and that's you know part of the reason why we were able to lift the Lamarty Trophy again.
6: My whole thing is you don't want Mahomes to even have to come to the table. You want to meet him in the driveway and say, hey, bro, I got something for you. And even if it's not a perfect deal, it shows that you're willing to work with a guy that's done everything for you. And, and this is a conversation that we'll continue to have, but that, that's my stance as of it.
7: Yeah, but I mean, based on everything that we know, they're in constant communication. Him, Mahomes, Beach, Hunt, Andy Reid, they're all in they're all on the same page here. I I don't really have too much concern that they'll get something figured out. How soon will it happen? Who knows? But I, I don't think uh Chiefs Kingdom should be too worried about it. Because Mahomes, the end of the day, he wants to win. He's chasing the ghost in Tom Brady.
6: Rolling right along here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Just talked about Mahomes' contract, and we'll preview the Chiefs' schedule later in the show, so stick with us for that. But right now, I want to talk about Chris Jones' Twitter account because he has dedicated his Twitter account to one thing and one thing only. And I never thought I would see this happen. I don't even think it's really worthy of what he has dedicated his account to. But Chris Jones said "Has he will tweet, this every single day until it happens and it's the Chiefs reuniting with defensive lineman Frank Clark he was cut earlier in the offseason one of the earlier moves uh salary cap saving I, I had to look up and see what the exact figure was but Chris Jones says he wants to run it back I think he even tagged Mike Pinnell as well which is a former Chiefs D lineman we'll talk specifically about the unit um in this in this segment as well but Mark very simply should the Chiefs bring back the shark, Frank
7: Clark? I mean, yeah. If it's on a team friendly deal, you know the veteran minimum. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to co work for free, sure. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> One point five million is not just you know. If we got that, that wouldn't be for free, right? You'll be living it, you'll be in you'll be in the hills out here in L.A.
6: Yeah, you wouldn't have no sacks though. It, it, it wouldn't be
7: <laughs> it wouldn't be any sacks. <laughs> but um. I mean, I am a little surprised that he's pushing so hard. I mean, obviously, I know they have a great relationship, they're friends off the field. I get all of that, but the timing of it is kind of funny to me because he just started doing this like what two week, a week ago or so. It just started. Doing, it was
6: this week. It it really yeah. it really, ran, it really yeah. ramped up this week.
7: Yeah. And uh shout out to Serta here. The Chiefs saved 21 million against the cap by cutting Clark.
6: Smart wow. de- smart decision.
7: Yeah, I would say so, but it's, it's interesting, right, because they have a lot of they have some depth down at the edge because you, you brought in a minute who from the Niners. I feel like that move has been talked about enough. Then you got, obviously, Felix. You still got GK there in his second year. You know, you got some bodies there. I mean, it wouldn't hurt bringing Clark back on a cheap deal as a rotational piece, obviously. So I'm, I'm all for that. But I'm just not sure if he's going to come back on that type of deal. I could see some team maybe give him a little bit more than, you know, just the real, the vet minimum. So we'll see. But the fact that Chris Jones is pushing it so hard makes me believe that he's in communication with Clark and he knows something that we may not know. So we'll see what ends up happening at the end of the day. But I'm all for it on a cheap deal that doesn't hurt the cap. I think this is Kingdom Cast in the chat right now. The the newest member is that is that D Mac? Oh, D from the, team.
3: Team he yeah,
2: that's the Chiefs
6: He uh, yeah. says the Chiefs already sunk seven million in dead cap into cutting Frank this year to kind of save the twenty one mil. And, and it's interesting you mentioned the edge depth. Mike Clay, who does a great job from ESPN, does a bunch of their fantasy stuff. He ranked all thirty two teams as far as their edge rush units are concerned, and he has the Chiefs. 23 out of 32. Carlotas, FAU, Aminahue, Mike Dana, and Malik Herring. Looking at that group on paper, I would like to see them add someone. And this is Brett Beach we're talking about. It's May 10th. By the time we get down to St. Joe, we'll be having the same conversation. And then, oh my goodness, here comes Carlos Dunlap. Oh my goodness, here comes uh, Sug. Who comes Terrell Suggs? Like, he's every year. We're looking at their paper. We're looking at their unit on paper. Eh, leave some room to be desired, maybe Frank Clark again, and then, oh my goodness, they bring in a guy on a vet minimum or with the last little bit of their cap savings. I'm not worried about it now. Yes, I see the room for growth and improvement, um, but I don't know if we automatically have to say, Frank Clark. I know he gives you the the warm, fuzzy feelings. I think it would be cool for him to go out as he went out last year. I I, I know I'm not a Sheesh fan. I wouldn't want to taint that. That, that. that moment of him hugging Spags that I tweeted out, the moment that He's on the bench kind of letting it all soak in that whole season, kind of the the ebbs and flows. I know Chiefs fans have gone hot on him and gone completely cold on him. Uh, It's okay to close that chapter and say we can get somebody younger uh, and cheaper.
7: And I've always said, I do believe they'll bring one of the two back between him or Dunlap. I agree. Yeah. But it's going to be like you mentioned, it's going to be a late signing in the, it's going to be like 100 degrees outside in the city. It's going to be it's gonna be sweating out there uh, reporting for your network, and it's going to happen just randomly, like in June or something.
4: I'm going to start with mine, and then we'll go around the circle here. Well, let's go clockwise. So uh, let's see. i got to point this way, the way the camera is. <laughs> I will go to Ron first, followed by John, and to Steve. I think the schedule is a little bit different than years past. We had mentioned the rules of broadcasts and channels holding different rights to different games, and it seemed like they were really leaning into the better teams of the league, and I think you see that with the Kansas City Chiefs. I wrote this on Twitter. When Andy Reid came to the Chiefs, Kansas City was playing 10 noon games a year, only had the two primetime games. I know that Chiefs fans were starved for primetime, I imagine tonight it is the opposite because there's only two noon games on the schedule, a maximum of five primetime games. They don't even count opening nights, so that's six primetime games. The Chiefs can get two more. No early morning at Arrowhead rolling in at noon, and one of the noon games is on Christmas Day, so I don't even really know if you could count that on a Monday. So in reality, that normal noon game that you're used to, that noon game, there's only one of those all year, and you get it in week two um, a, against the the Jaguars, and it's just uh, an an incredible, I think, turn of events and just a sign of what Andy Reid has done in, in Kansas City. And look, when you're the reigning Super Bowl champions, the networks that w- have this free-for-all now are going to want you in their later slots, and what that leads to is Kansas City playing at late times most of the games 325 or later and we'll see if they even get flexed from some of those games into the prime time
8: ron we'll go to you first i said we were going to go clockwise what was your general reaction to the schedule well i mean i'll have i i'll, I'll say it first i mean i'll have a little i have a little beef with some of the prime time schedule <laughs> uh i i can't believe the lions are the week one opponent uh, i'm i'm gonna come out and say i know we've known that for a little bit now but I mean, my gosh, they have so many different opponents they could have chose from to have a huge game in Arrowhead that first week. I know Lions everyone gonna... loves the Lions this year. They're going to be good. Hey, I know, restore the roar, right? You know, hashtag restore the roar. <laughs> but I'm, I, I, first of all, Jameson Williams uh, suspended the first six games. So they're not even going to have their kind of first round uh, whiteout, you know, well, that plays into the advantage. That. That plays into the advantage, Ron. Right? Isn't that? Well, that's my way, problem. Good? Is you don't I don't think I, a good player? You do like Alvin Brown? <laughs> that's my problem, though, guys. I feel like the Lions are going to come in Arrowhead and get and get walloped. And uh, I know, I know the the Texans did. You know, the the last time the Chiefs had a Super Bowl banner to unveil as well. But at least the Texans felt like, hey, you know, Sean Watson. You know, they, it was a playoff matchup before. You know, big game. Even though they weren't that good that year. The Lions will be good this year. I, I'm a believer in the Lions. I just feel like they could have made it the Eagles. They could have made it the Bills, the Bengals. I mean, so many different opponents. That would have been such a more high profile game. But I do think, Pete, what you said about like the uh, the the network kind of having that free for all now probably played a p- part in this, right? I think maybe having those Eagles, Bills, Bengals games more available to the to the you know the CBS's, Fox's, you know all the other ones rather than just pinning it. To the opening night, knowing that everyone's going to be watching opening night either way, right? You know, it's it's, it's, it's going to happen no matter who you put out there. So I, I, that plays into a little bit. But I do have beef with that being the week one game. That was my big thing. I think this is the new strategy of the NFL because you look at the schedule and you see a Super Bowl rematch
4: that's on the schedule. You see the Buffalo Bills come into town. You see the Cincinnati Bengals. And those are all games that you'd be like, well, wow what a way to start the NFL season right. with this exclamation point. But I, I think the NFL is saying, well, people are going to watch these games anyway. Let's get a new exciting team. They did the same thing last year. Like the bills are a really good and up and coming team. And they're they're knocking at the door of being an AFC contender, but they have no rivalry with the Los Angeles Rams, right? There's no juice to chiefs and, and lions. And so I think the chiefs see a team in the lions that, a lot of people are going to be picking to finally break through to the playoffs. Their offense. If you look at some of the analytics was really actually close to the chiefs last year, their defense stunk, which is why they were nine and eight and didn't make the postseason. They feel like they maybe improved that this off So we'll see. I tend to agree. John had our, our draft Kings spread article today and the chiefs, I, I believe opened as, as touchdown favorites, John, I'm going to give you the floor in just a second. Let's go through the primetime games really quickly for our podcast listeners. You mentioned, The Chiefs opening the season against the Lions at 7.20 p.m. The next primetime game, week four, at New York or New Jersey. They're playing the New York Jets, we think. Let's not jinx it here. We're finally going to get Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Two weeks later, week six, uh, 7.15 on Amazon Prime. This is Thursday night football against the Denver Broncos. This one can't get flexed out, Russ, even if even if you guys are a row and five. So the Chiefs will be heading to or they will be say at Arrowhead and play Denver on Thursday night football. Uh, that is after a game against the Vikings on Sunday. Uh, week seven is the Chargers. Uh, this is two back to back. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That is not a primetime game. They, yeah. they do play the Chargers next game. Their next primetime games right after the bye week. After week 10, they host the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night football. 7.15 p.m. Uh, Eagles fans know about Andy Reid after the bye week. Well, so do Chiefs fans. That might play into the advantage of of that game. But I, I you always knew that Chiefs Eagles was going to be on on prime time one way or another. So you get it after the bye. You have to wait till November twentieth for that game. A couple weeks uh, later, it is the Packers, which was a little bit surprising. Now that they don't have Aaron Rodgers, but that game will be played at Lambeau Field on on Sunday Night Football. And then two weeks later, after that week fifteen, the Chiefs final primetime game of the year at new england and that is another monday night football game uh, that occurs at gillette stadium in foxborough so you end up having two monday night football games on this schedule you have the two sunday night football games the thursday night football game against the broncos and of course opening night and who knows the chiefs were flexed out last year when they played the the broncos we'll see if that happens later on in the season i know that a lot of people were pointing to that packers game or maybe if the packers and jordan love don't pan out the chiefs could be flexed out of that game but there's a number of games on the back end of that schedule where they could be flexed in so you're looking at possibly eight night games for the chiefs almost half the schedule john uh, as we look at it what is your general reaction to
5: the schedule Well, you know, I wrote a a story uh, a a couple months ago about how, for the first time ever, uh, you weren't going to know which network was going to carry the game. The the Chiefs have been carried primarily by CBS for many years. And this year, it's a free-for-all. They're not following any rhyme or reason. It could be any network. And look what's happened. All of the games, except for the primetime games, are CBS games, except for one Fox game. I think this actually has more CBS games on it in this free for all mode than we've had for a long time. Usually there have been a couple of Fox games uh, on the schedule. I haven't gone back to look at it yet, but uh, so far this is much ado about nothing. Uh, we're back to seeing almost all of the chiefs games on CBS, even though they're supposed to be all over the place, which, and I find that kind of surprising. I really don't have a big problem with the lions opening the season. I think it's going to be an interesting game. And, um, and so I, I really don't have a big problem with it. And and I think that the league is doing exactly what they want to do, which is recognize that um, the, the game is going to have a big audience anyway. It's the only show in town and why waste one of these big draws, uh, from later in the season, or I think almost even worse. And I alluded to this on the editor's show the other day, and I don't think I expressed it very well. Um, I think it's better to have that, the, a game between big dogs and the conference like the Bengals, uh, and the bills later in the season, so uh, if it has a big impact on the playoff race, it doesn't happen in week one or week two and all season, you know, that is, is the shadow that falls over both teams, however it plays out. So I'm, I think this is a pretty good schedule. I don't see a, a section of it that to, to me to me looks like a really difficult five game stretch or an easy five game stretch. It, it all looks kind of, uh, up and down all the way through. I think this is going to be a good schedule for the Chiefs.
4: I think you make a good point, John, about the division games and really that final stretch where you see the f- last five games of the year are Bills, Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, Chargers. Now, of course, there's two division games there, but I think the strategy over the past couple of years had been, let's have as many division games as possible at the end of the schedule so that they're interesting. Now you're seeing a little bit of, of a shift, I think, in really identifying – the contenders here, right? So you see that the Chiefs get the Bills later in the season. I believe last year that was in that, that first part of the year. You see the Bengals, and should the teams pan out where they want to go and should the rivalry remain as strong as it's been, that could be a pretty good game at the end of the year. You mentioned all the CBS games. And as someone who works for KSHB 41, this is a three-game schedule, as far as I'm, I'm concerned. <laughs> we don't have to worry about it. No, just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it is something where, and, and it's worth noting this, is you're going to have to check the, the channel. Because uh, every week, it, it, in a way, it's random, especially if, if they're not at, at night, right, where the games are, are the same channel every time that they are at night, either be on Thursday, um, Sunday, or Monday. Steve, your general reaction
1: to the schedule? so I, I mean a couple more noon games would be nice um that that's uh that, that's a big thing for me i love a good noon kickoff uh, and you know cover the chiefs get done watch football but it is what it is i'm actually excited about the germany game that that early start uh, i think is going to be awesome I'll, I'll actually dig that on sunday but overall i think that they did a really good job of spreading this thing out like there's I I don't think that there's any point in the schedule where you're necessarily like, man, they're in a really down part of the schedule. Like there's never more than a couple of games where you're like, oh, the chiefs are easily going to go on that stretch and rattle off five games in a row or something like that. Like it it is pretty spread out, which is nice considering last season where we talked about like the first eight weeks of the season, how that was projected based on uh, the previous year. It was insane. And, and this, I actually think, is really set up nicely for the Chiefs. Like, uh, you know, the Lions week one, Jaguars, Bears, Jets through the first four weeks. I actually think that's great because all of those teams have a chance to be good and be dramatically improved on last season. So playing them early in the season is good for the Chiefs while they're still figuring things out and, and trying and trying to figure out how the new pieces fit together and who they are as teams and stuff like that. Whereas Kansas city knows exactly who they are. So I think that actually works out really well for the chiefs that first four weeks playing those teams so early and then, you know, getting the super bowl rematch week 11 on Monday night football, that's going to be an awesome game. That's going to be an incredible game. And we know the Eagles are going to be really good again. So I'm super excited about that. And then I'm happy that they actually put the bills a little later in the season because They've played them a couple years in a row now, super early in the year, and it seems like the it, it's a totally different story once we get to the postseason than it was when the Chiefs played the Bills early in the season. So I'm excited to have those matchups with the Bills and the Bengals at the end of the season because they're going to be AFC powerhouses that are trying to compete for Super Bowls.